You're listening to the Whole Vineyard Podcast. To find out more about the Whole Vineyard Church, go to wholevineyard.co.uk. Well, good morning, everyone. So good to see you all. Wasn't that a beautiful moment? And some of those prayers were just incredible. So um, if you're new here, welcome to church. And uh, we're in a series looking at Jesus. We're passionate about Jesus. We're talking about Jesus, looking at the Gospels and how we can be like him and go on mission with him to help serve our city and love people. And one of the central points that has kind of been repeated throughout this series is that essentially we give away what we carry. We give away what we carry. And that's actually true of all of life, not just when we look at Jesus and mission. And Jesus puts it like this, freely you have received, now freely give. In other words, we can't start to give away what we don't have and carry in our own lives. And there's a, there's a principle at work consistently in the life of Jesus and the disciples, which is our output, our mission, our influence, our reach, um, our compassion, our love for people is in direct correlation to what we carry in terms of our capacity our faith levels, our dependence on Jesus, our obedience, our risk, our priorities. And so I think for us, actually, a healthy life needs to be the focus. I'd like to sum it up this way. My greatest gift to you is a healthy me. So the greatest gift to your Neighbors, the greatest gift to your work colleagues, the greatest gift to your friends and your family will be a healthy you. Spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, relationally, all these things are a precursor to growth. We shouldn't be focusing on growth, but actually focusing on health. And if we get that right, then the response of that will be growth. And this goes for everything. Um, Those of you who have dedicated your children today, the greatest gift you can give to your kids is healthy parents. Healthy parents, those that love God, who are trying their best to obey God and love the children and train them and discipline them and protect them and be role models and understand boundaries and be the first to apologize to your children. All these things are markers of health. And that is the greatest gift you can give to your kids. Health is so, so important. Jesus put it this way in John 15. He said this, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to. You remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. 
If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. You see the obvious connection that Jesus is making. If you want to bear fruit in life, if you want to see growth, if you want to see people come to know Christ, if you want to disciple others and be effective in that, then it starts with a healthy abiding in Christ. That everything flows out of that depth of relationship with him. And so what I want to do is just share a few thoughts this morning about how we can enter into this summer season from a healthy place. Because I think for many of us, as we've been going on this journey looking at Jesus and mission, the reality is, is that for some of us will be thinking, do you know what, John, that all sounds great, but I simply don't have margin in my life to reach people. I love the idea, but I just don't have capacity. I'm too busy. I've got too many things going on in order to go on mission with Jesus. And so what I want to speak to this morning is our health. How healthy are we? Because I think if we can come back to that, then that will actually help us in terms of our effectiveness. And so the question I want to ask today is this, how do we thrive, not just survive? How do we thrive, not just survive? I think the tragic news this last week regarding the implosion of the Titan submersible acts actually as a helpful example about much of modern life that we experience today. It's a heartbreaking situation, which I think acts as a window into the soul of our culture. It's, it's kind of like a modern day parable. Uh, what was sent out, set out to be a, a once in a lifetime voyage of discovery for people became a situation of pure survival. I think the further we go down into the oceans of our current cultural moment, which includes things like post-pandemic fallout, cost of living crisis, war and rumors of war, much loss and anxiety, um, comparison, stolen identity, confusion, busyness, addiction, we're essentially, and this is what's facing the church right now, we're in an age of compromise. Do we actually believe what we say we believe? And above all that, there seems to be just simply pressure. There's just a lot of pressure on people in life right now. And all that pressure and all that's going on and the script of our culture means that many of us, and maybe this, this is you this morning, you are just getting by. If you're honest with yourself, you're not thriving, you are just surviving. Now don't get me wrong, there are seasons in life where you just need to get through. And those seasons need to be celebrated. Who here is a fan of WWE wrestling? <laughs> this is church, it's a safe space. It's kind of what I like to do in my spare time to expand my margin. I like to watch WWE wrestling. And of course, like all wrestling, when you're pinned to the floor of those three seconds, you have lost the match. And for many of us, it's like, metaphorically, we're, we're kind of on the floor 
And over these last months, maybe even years for some of us, that countdown has been coming, one, two, and you're just managing to lift your shoulder up. Before you're counted out, you're just lifting that shoulder up. I want to celebrate that today. I've been through many moments like that in my life, particularly the last few years, where all you can do is just get through another day. And that's awesome. That really is. In fact, much of what we're doing with our compassion ministry is just helping people have hope for another day. What can seem as a really simple thing, giving somebody a meal or a food parcel or pram from our Grow Baby ministry or a bit of debt counselling, whatever that is, it's just helping people actually get through another day. If somebody took the time out to care for me and show kindness to me and love for me when many people have abandoned me and rejected me. And that fuels hope for another day. And if we can fuel that hope for another day, then maybe one day they will meet Jesus. And that's what we're about. So I want to celebrate survival moments. In fact, I think some of the best redemptive stories of what Christ does in people's lives is when we get through trial and problems and difficulty and we come out the other end and we've allowed those problems to maybe shape something of who we are so that we can be a gift to somebody else going through exactly the same thing that we did. And so I love the fact that we as a church, full of people who are carrying wounds right now, carrying scars right now of maybe the previous wounds, that we've all got stories, that we're all wounded healers, we're all broken people, and all of us need Christ. All of us are dependent on him. And so there will be seasons that we're just in survival mode. But I know the ambition of God, the ambition of, of me for this church, for this city, for my kids, for my family, is that we thrive. Not just survive, not just get by, but we actually thrive in life. And you know, despite being the, the smartest, most well-informed, well-connected people to ever live with all the technological breakthroughs and it's all now about artificial intelligence and maybe I'll do a sermon series on that next year is that we're also the sickest the people are stressed out burnt out we get our identity from what other people say about us particularly on social media appetites are out of control we're taught that the good life is about goods and about our possessions. We're taught that busyness is equivalent to being productive and valued. Our external world is far more important than our eternal world, that living in the now is more important than living for the future, that success is instant. We're facing in all of that an exhaustion of the soul. So many voices, so many choices, so much out there I love this story of a pilot who was practicing a high-speed maneuvers in a jet fighter. She turned the controls for what she thought was a steep ascent and flew straight into the ground. She was unaware that she was flying upside down. 
That's a parable of human existence in our times, that we live at such a high speed, such a ferocity, we have no idea that we're actually flying upside down. Not how God meant us to soar and fly and do life. So let me ask you a question, a really honest question this morning. How are you? Like, how, how are you doing? How are you really? And I know we all come to church with our masks on and we, we say, yeah, I'm doing great. Praise Jesus, God is good. I asked a pastor this recently and I said to him, how are you doing? He said, God is good. <laughs> and I do, tell me the truth because I know you're dying inside. And pastors can't tell the truth. I, I don't know what hope we have. Here are some of the signs, the symptoms that you may be running on empty, that you may not be thriving as you'd like, that you may not be in a healthy place. These are some of the symptoms that I find in my life. First of all, my resistance is lower. When my resistance is lower, it's, e it's much easier to take the easy option rather than the difficult option. It's much easier to say yes to temptation and the power of suggestion on our minds when our resistance is lower. How about another one? My emotions are inconsistent. Just ask my wife. <laughs> one day you're great, the next day, who knows what we're gonna get. It's not that predictable. Do things out of character, maybe you're irritable, maybe you're snappy, not in a good mood. Those things, you start to affect your relationships. But your pro productivity is suffering right now. Yeah, you could say, I'm busy. How about, how about that when you say, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm busy, really busy. But you know deep down is you're just on the treadmill of life. You're just getting through the days, working hard maybe at work in order to hide some stuff that's going on deep inside of you. Maybe that's the only place you truly find solace is at work when you're caught up in busyness. Because you know for you, and I know this is for me, a five minute bit of silence or five minute walk will reveal actually what's going on inside of you. You reject silence and fill your life with noise, maybe just the next Netflix series, scrolling on social media, just to stop being alone with your own thoughts for a moment. What about this, my life loses meaning? Right now you would say that your life is full of toil is that you're not in your sweet spot. You're not thriving in the different areas of your life. Is that you've stopped remembering the why of what you do. You've found just life with family or work or just whatever it is for you right now, it's lost its meaning. Like why do you get up in the morning when you lay your head on a pillow at night, do you lie there thinking, do you know what, I've partnered with the creator of the universe to change our world. 
or is it just relief that you get to shut off for a few hours and then it starts again the next day? What about this? Your relationship with God seems distant. You pray and it's like nothing is there. You hit a ceiling. You can't concentrate. The idea of being still and knowing that he is God just fills you with such a sense of like, no. God seems way over there. God seems to be involved in other people's lives, but not mine. Maybe you don't even want to come to church because you're hearing stories of people's lives that have been impacted and changed. And for you, it just creates anxiety because it's like, that's not where I am. Some of these symptoms sound familiar. Well, I think we need to um, aim in a certain direction. So I want to give you a a few commitments that we could go on a journey of doing over the summer period that might help us get into a place of thriving rather than surviving. Here's our first commitment. Will we commit over the summer period to rest our bodies? Rest our bodies. Do not underestimate the basics in life. Things like exercise, sleep, eating well, having fun. Do you remember that, having fun? Just book yourself into like let loose or something or go to the cinema on your own. Just anything like that. Go and have an ice cream. Just do something that you enjoy, that you love. Hang out with good friends. Have adventure. Enjoy creation. Do you remember during the pandemic where we were allowed our one hour out a day? And we'd go on these walks for an hour and it's like being, you know, let out of prison. And, you know, everybody was really happy when they, you'd see people and you'd say hello to strangers, they would say hello back. Dog walkers, I mean, it was amazing. But I don't know about you, but in that moment, you realised how good creation was. Maybe it was a nearby park and just seeing a, a, a little park with a bit of grass as you got out of your house was just, wow. It's like therapy to your soul. Creation is beautiful. That's why as a family, we went to the coast yesterday. We love to go to the coast, just see the sea, just get out and just reminded of how big God is and maybe how small our problems actually are. And creation helps us to see that. It talks about in Romans that God has revealed himself to the world through first creation, then through the conscience, and then through the death of his son and the Holy Spirit convicting the world. But first creation. Plan for rest. Make sure rest is high on your agenda this summer. The second commitment is this. I will replenish my soul. I will replenish my soul. Every single one of us today wears two badges. We wear a badge that is visible for us all to see, and we also wear an invisible badge. Now, this is the work that is done on the inside of us. This is the work that is done where nobody else can see other than us and God. 
and we need to replenish our soul. In David McCullough's The Great Bridge, he tells a great story of the building of the Brooklyn Bridge, which arched from the East River and joined Manhattan to Brooklyn. And in June 1872, the chief engineer of the project wrote this. To such of the general public as might imagine that no work has been done on the New York Tower because they see no evidence of it above the water. I should simply remark that the amount of masonry and concrete laid on the foundation during the past winter underwater is equal to quantity to the entire masonry of the Brooklyn Tower visible today above the waterline. The Brooklyn Bridge remains a major transportation artery into New York City today because 140 years ago, the chief engineer and his team did their most patient and daring work where no one else could see it. And that was on the foundations of the towers below the waterline. And this is an illustration of an ageless principle in life that the best work, the best work is done below the surface. The best work is done is in the soul. The best work is done is in that place in private where nobody sees the foundations of our lives. Thriving is inner directed rather than outer determined. And so if someone asks you, what is the number one priority you can do in your life right now? I would say, build below the waterline. Dig deeper wells. Sow seeds right now that you're reaping the rewards later on in life. Do things now, make difficult choices now, so that in five, 10, 15, 20 years, you'll bear the fruit. In the Far East, there is a tree called the Chinese bamboo tree. And this tree is different from most trees and it doesn't grow in the usual fashion. While most trees grow steadily over a period of years, the Chinese bamboo tree doesn't break through the ground for the first four years. Then in the fifth year, the tree begins to grow at an astonishing rate. In fact, in a period of five weeks, it can grow to a height of 90 feet. Make decisions now. Sow seeds now that nobody can see to the place of your soul. And so here's some practical things I was thinking about. Number one, actually think about what you're thinking about. We're shaped by the power of our thoughts. So the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The battleground for our lives comes in our thinking. And most people just try and beat away thoughts, invasive thoughts. But actually, take a moment to think about what you're thinking about. Why are you thinking the way you do? Maybe it's to do with the influence of the music that you listen to. Maybe it's what you're reading. Maybe we need to curate what we watch and what we listen to and how much time and what we spend our time on in terms of the internet. Hang out with friends who add value to you. Have solid boundaries in your life. Learn the power of a positive no, which is equal to a positive yes. Most of us love to say yes, 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 but actually... If we want to say yes to the things of God, there's a lot of no's that we've got to say in our lives. 
cultivate healthy margin in your life. Maybe this summer you can replenish your soul with quietness. With quietness. Maybe you can replenish your soul with enjoyment. And maybe you can replenish your soul with people who are healthy for us. Thirdly and finally, I will refocus my spirit. I'll refocus my spirit. You may be wondering, why am I not thriving? And this is a hard thing for us to think about, but maybe our current diet isn't as healthy as it should be. I love McDonald's. There's another confession. <laughs> but you know, McDonald's, I've only ever done this once, and I will confess my sin. Uh, we went for a late breakfast, didn't we, once, McDonald's, and it was, it was like 10 to 11. You know, you just get in for your breakfast order. And we were just eating a breakfast and enjoying ourselves, and I thought, oh, it's passed into the lunch. <laughs> By 11.30, let's go get the Big Mac. That was a bad day. That was a poor choice. But our diet may be full of fries and Diet Coke and sweets spiritually. And actually we've forsaken the very thing that will sustain us and cause us to thrive internally, which is a commitment to the daily bread of God's word. I know there's so much distraction. In fact, the enemy's greatest strategy for all of us will be to dilute our faith and to just distract us. The moment we sit down and open the Bible, I guarantee you will have 101 invasive thoughts and things that you didn't think you wanted to do, suddenly you want to do. Like for last month, you don't do want to do the washing up and suddenly all you want to do is wash up. And so we need to think about what are we feeding our lives with the root cause of a development which is not in line with thriving is spiritual malnourishment. And the Bible refers to itself as milk and bread and meat. And we're just trying to survive on just, even today, maybe, yeah, great, I've, I've heard a little talk at church. If we're going to make a difference in an age of compromise, it's going to take more than just listening to a Sunday sermon. For the sake of our families, for the sake of our world, we need to be a people who are committed to the word. Day in, day out. So I know there's loads of distraction from television and films, the internet, computer games, books, magazines. Let me encourage you this summer to make a commitment to feast on God's word. To make time to feast on God's word. And as I close, just kind of in partnership with that and parallel to that is, is prayer. And so actually what we're going to do is starting next week, we're going to start a mini summer series on prayer. And we're going to be looking at Jesus and prayer and how to be a Jesus people and prayer. And how did Jesus use prayer when it came, comes to mission? And I've just felt like a nudge from God over the last weeks that we need to 
have a breakthrough in terms of our church to the next stage, but it will only come through prayer. And I've been reminded, uh, in fact, it was this last Monday's prayer meeting um, with Jacob, the story of Jacob wrestling with God. And that verse, it says, I will not let you go until you bless me. And there's some stuff happening in our lives right now. And you, the best way I could describe it, it just feels like a barrier. It feels like there is stuff in front of you and you can't quite break through. And I believe that the Lord is inviting us to a, into a journey of a deeper dependence on him in prayer and say actually this will not get removed unless we come to him in prayer there are some battles that we need to face as a church and it will only happen through the power of prayer and so I want to encourage us over the next uh, few weeks as we go through summer is let's hunger and thirst again for prayer Let's make that the main thing, the main and plain, the regular diet of our lives, that we're looking to him, we're dependent on him to supply our every need. I know there are many offers, many fountains we can drink from, but only Jesus is the true fountain. Only he is the living water who can quench our thirst. Maybe some of our frustration and our surviving and our lack of thriving is because we're looking to other things, other idols to satisfy our deepest desires. And Jesus comes to us. He comes knocking at the door of the harvest church and saying, it's only through me. It's only in me. Come back to me. Return to me in a place of prayer. And so we meet for prayer uh, corporately a few times a week um, you can find all that on our website but let's make a commitment to point north and say look this summer in preparation for all that God's got for me in the next chapter of my life and this church's life is that we're going to commit to prayer for the sake of our lives but for the sake of the city why do you stand? Thank you for listening to the Hall Vineyard podcast. We would love to connect with you and welcome you home to church. To find out more, go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash connect. And to stay up to date with all that is going on in the life of our church, go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash church news and sign up for our weekly mailing. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you soon.